Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Also featuring Parker. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And our special guest, Alex. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Uh... Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal Now Sex Bill. My name is Chris. With me, as always, is Parker and Alex. And we watched Executive Decision, a taut two-and-a-half-hour thriller. Uh, Alex, why the length? That's a great question. But I also, I didn't notice it until it was like ten minutes from the end. And I went, what the fuck? I've been here for 130 minutes? That's a fair point. Also, kind of a fair point that Parker and I were just like, yeah, let's watch Wonder Woman 1984. And, you know, we don't really have a lot of room to complain. It's a very good point. (sighs) It's a good movie. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I'm ready to watch it again. Yeah. (laughs) Before we get into Executive Decision, Parker, do we have any news? The trailer. The trailer's out. The monkey and the lizard punch each other. It's finally happening. I've kept myself alive through all of this. It's finally here. After March 31st, it's a real uh, we'll see situation. But until then, we're riding high right now. Is this what libs felt like during the election? Like this year high? (laughs) That's how they felt when the Imagine video dropped. Damn it. I'm just glad we finally hit a point where, like, people, when people come at me, I'm like, hey, man, I don't know. I'm getting real Pacific Rim 2 vibes from this. I don't know if it's going to be good. I can be like, uh, actually, there's now factual proof this is going to roll. You can't you can't come at me with these bogus takes anymore. It's going to be the best movie ever made. Don't also, at this it. point, I would risk getting COVID to go see Pacific Rim 2 in a theater. See, well, here's the thing, something. though. It's like, a lot of the times when, like, a new trailer drops... I don't actually get excited about it. It's it's kind of like that nerd crew thing was just like, oh my god, a new trailer for what R- Rise of Skywalker or something or Justice League or something. It's like you don't actually care and uh, you don't even feel the need to see it. And yet YouTube will have like a million trailer reaction videos, you know, just more trash out there. Whereas with this one, I actively sought out time to watch it, you know, and that needle drop. <laughs> Is, is that the best needle drop in trailer history? It had all this beautiful epic music, and then they collide. <laughs> a fucking now, like public domain rap song you'd hear in like a Grand Theft Auto knockoff. Now this is what it's like when apes collide. <laughs> Better okay. Yeah, well, send all of your trailer edits to me specifically. Yes, I want to hear all of them. I mean, that's just so recently watched. Just watch that trailer over and over again. Uh, Parker, is there any other news? I mean, yeah, but who gives a fuck? Yeah. I have a question <laughs> for you, though, regarding the trailer. Yeah. Now, when King of the Monsters came out, you may remember, you watched how many kaiju movies? Uh, I th- Close to, like, all of them? I'm pretty sure all of them. <laughs> you now, may have a, a few on me. There, I'm, I'm sure there are a few cameras that you've seen that I haven't somehow. Not yet. Uh, I have the Gamer Complete co- uh, Collection on DVD, actually. Of course so. you do. <laughs> it was like five bucks at uh, CVS. I was just like, 
I'd be a fool not to get this. Why were they honking that at CVS? I don't know. I just kind of walked by the DVD thing and I was like, oh, for kicks. And I saw that. The whole, like, gamer collection. I'm like, what am I Okay, yeah. <laughs> I was just so curious. Set the first morning of your life where you're like, am I in the Truman Show? Is it, <laughs> it kind of felt like it. I, I didn't even know such a collection existed in America. Oh, God, I hope it has subtitles. Anyway. Uh, it doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> but, like, you yeah. went through all of that, and I would... I think you would describe the experience as mostly negative. Largely negative. <laughs> you seem to out, outright hate almost the entire experience. Correct. With that yes. in mind, knowing how much you hate almost all those movies, how many people in your personal life would you punch in the face if you could watch this tomorrow? Okay. Is the answer close to all? <laughs> it's... Would you just go down your family tree headbutting people for me? You could go see Dr. Kong tomorrow. <laughs> Oh, it's that would absolutely be in play, you know. And again, in theaters, I'm looking at you know IMAX theaters. I might drive down to the Woodbridge Alamo to watch it on their big screen there. Like for people who weren't listening back then, we were talking like consecutive months of like, okay, so I watched this one didn't make any fucking sense. I don't know, I hate this. And then I watched the follow up, just week after week, you <laughs> nearly on your deathbed, and now. The monkey is here. Yeah, it, I got boy. to like Godzilla versus Biolante. I'm like, well, the effects weren't that bad. You're just like, we will get to that. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, there, there are a whole lot of uh, God. There's so many Godzilla movies, and almost yeah. all of them are awful. Correct. Which we uh, tried to yeah. tell you multiple times. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, this actually, weeks. now this actually gets into my jerk of the week. Oh fuck. I can't believe you've done this. Uh, my jerk of the week is a co-worker uh, for, who, for his own safety, I won't reveal his name, but he texted me while Alex with, was with me, and he texted me, hey, just so you know, Godzilla versus King Kong is going to be terrible. Where do hey, I start? Just so you know, pack I'm, your fucking desk. <laughs> I'm blocking that number the second I get that message. Like, my, my first reaction is just like, can you just let me have this? Do you, do you remember the year we just had? You're just like, oh, the movie where the giant monkey punches the giant lizard. That's not going to be any good. First of all, real brave, courageous take. Hey, man, that kaiju movie is going to be bad. Yeah, like fucking all of them. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, well, yeah, this movie might have weak characters. Careful oh, out there on that ledge. Save some courage for the rest of us. I'm just imagining this dude like, oh yeah, I was really disappointed that it didn't have a 400 foot tall Marlon Brando. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! I, he could take them, but like now I'm already disappointed. Great. Can you imagine? Like I'm trying to enjoy myself, and I get that. It, it made me mad for the rest of the day. It kind of, it kind of fucked me up. <laughs> In 2021, Chris is going to be a just let people enjoy things guy. You know what? That's weird. That is, it's not a position that I'm used to getting in. But like, come on! I've been waiting so hard for this. Additionally, <laughs> like Parker, that that article that I shared with you, that Screen Rant article, I visited Screen Rant. I mean, what, <laughs> look what I've become. Truly, dudes are down bad yet again. Yeah, but <coughs> however, it does basically confirm what I think, and we don't like to speculate too much on this podcast, but I think that Godzilla and King Kong are going to team up after there is a nominal at best winner, and then they're going to put Mecha Godzilla through a giant prehistoric table like the Dudley Boys. Also, I have just, had enough of people jumping through tables. <laughs> just 
We get it. Oh, okay, that's fair. <laughs> you guys can just anyone listening can go ahead and stop sending me the Batman v Superman Mothra meme. Yeah, We're like three years past that. that yeah, it's done. You can stop sending me that, please. I can't take it anymore. Yeah, I I have to agree. It's like, oh, see Mothra, like that other thing, like he said Martha. It's like it's the same. Like, how are there that many memes about Batman vs Superman? Did people actually watch that movie? Because I you feel know, like you guys are the only people I know that did. Yeah. So here's the weird thing: is there was actually a tweet that Parker, I think you saw this one, where uh, someone said that there are a lot of parallels between the trailer for Batman v Superman and the trailer for Godzilla vs King Kong. And uh, it's kind of like that guy who's only ever seen Boss Baby. Watched the second movie and said, <laughs> I get a lot of Boss Baby vibes from this. <laughs> no, it introduces, it establishes the two characters and it shows them fighting. Similarities much? <laughs> Man, nailed it. One of them is shooting laser beam eyes. The other one is shooting laser beam breath. Huh? You see? Kind of like they're the same. It's also versus <laughs> Boss Baby vibes. <laughs> Is that just like a big movie in flyover states or something? Like, who the fuck are these people that just have three and a half hours to watch Batman v Superman? Yeah, it's kind of wild. I don't understand who the big Batman v Superman fans are besides David French. <laughs> who? That's a know. that's a pull. <laughs> is it? Uh, he's going to be my go-to for the DC likers. You can have him. So, who are your jerks of the week? I kind of feel like I'm wrong <laughs> on that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my jerk of the week is this chuckle fuck in my economics class. All right, so, so picture this. It's the first day of class. You know, somebody drops a link to, like, a group me. And I'm like, all right, cool. I'll click this group me. I'll see what the uh, the Zoomers are talking about relating to school these days. I'm scrolling through. You know, there's people trolling. And it's like, hey, hey, nice post, idiot. You know, you know, you do what you got to do in these chats with literal teenagers. <laughs> somebody posts... <laughs> Econ 200 Discord link. And I go, well, well, let's see what we have here. So I click it. There are no posts in any of the channels. I go to the homework help channel. I type, yo, does anybody have any good memes? And I wait. <laughs> Waiting around. I want to see what's going to get posted. I'm, uh, you know, clicking through the eight or nine suckers in this 300 person class that decided to uh, actually join this fucking Discord. <laughs> I see one person who has set their display name to their real name, so I click to see what their Discord handle is, and it is, of course, Cat Piss McGlick. <laughs> <laughs> I inform everybody about my good new friend Cat Piss, I tab back over, the server is deleted. <laughs> Nary a meme was shared. That's one of the funniest names I've ever heard. <laughs> it fucking destroyed me. Like everybody else had like, you know, you know, one person had like the little like anime character throwing the table at the end of their name and like fucking Unicode. There's fucking my stupid ass name in there. Some some other stupid fucking gamer name in there. And then the one person who actually had the wherewithal to change to their actual fucking name. <laughs> this is our boy old cat piss. <laughs> hey cat piss, did you read the chapters last night? <laughs> Buddy, I am wishing and hoping and praying that we're in the same group for this group project. Because oh my god. 
<laughs> I'm gonna go back to school, guys. <laughs> Dude, that's where I'm at right now. It's like, look, they're gonna take fucking like eight years to to forgive all the student loan debt anyway. I might as well get in while the getting's good. Is why McGlick? <laughs> the question I keep turning over. Was that person's? Re- you don't have to reveal it. I'll cut it out if I it's true. Is that person's real last name was McGlick? I don't think so, but maybe. I can't believe you just doxed him. <laughs> Capus, if you're listening to this, and I know you are. Uh, when I was born, my heart smelled like cat piss. <laughs> Did you drop the SoundCloud link in the Discord? Because we could use the, uh, the class. <laughs> We're big with Zoomers. <laughs> We're big with cat piss fetishists. Just some, just some, like, I'm sitting in fucking Zoom lecture and someone just DMs me, who the fuck is Hey Arnold? <laughs> What's oh, something awful? Man. Is that, like, a thing? Or I don't, I don't understand what that is. Love to share jokes from a forum that was around 20 years ago. <laughs> Kids love it. Kids love Goatsy, is what I'm saying. <laughs> that one's true, though. Believe me, I've shown it to a lot of them. Boy, your economics classes. <laughs> <laughs> Higher education owns, dude. Yeah. I'm never leaving. <laughs> I'm going to be Van Wilder, but for posting Pepe's on class discords. <laughs> you should just go in the chat every morning to be like, Oh my god, guys, look, I scanned the test and just put, Check it out, y'all. <laughs> Image answers, <laughs> not JPEG. <laughs> I can't tell if that's more funny or less funny than just actually putting Goatsy in that file. (laughs) You mix it up. (laughs) Just typing out answers.doc and sending (laughs) C cold Alex slash documents slash. Guys, why won't it upload? Y'all yeah, take a Alex, of it. Alex, you, <laughs> just go see. Alex, you have to lead into the thirty-year-old thing now. <laughs> How do I discount you your calling in? <laughs> do you guys use Ventrilo? I feel like it's easier for. This. <laughs> Life has presented you with beautiful options. I Parker, hope they recreate the Discord. Parker, who's your jerk of the week? Uh, literally everyone telling me that Kong doesn't stand a chance. Oh, There's a big on. monkey with an axe. Like, what are we even talking about? Why even entertain the conversation with me if you're just going to be a negative Nancy? Exactly. Why come into my face and tell me the big boy who has an axe that can stop lasers is like, oh, he'll just blast him. You can't what just do that. It's, it's like it's I'm one of those it. ancient dwarven axes. It's like one of those God of War axes. It's... I will not suffer this foolishness from anyone any longer. Exactly. I'm going to start getting real belligerent about this stupid asshole movie. (laughs) This is my hill to die on in 2021. It's a good hill. Alright, let's talk about what we watched recently. If I were to describe to you a movie in which Stone Cold Steve Austin is a contestant on The Hunger Games, you might say to me, Chris, that sounds like the best movie ever made. I'm here to tell you, it is not the best movie ever made. It's Damn, just kind of... <laughs> it's just kind of like, oh, uh, alright, I guess. Uh, 
Let's see, uh, Stone Cold, Code Old Stone Cold, it's back in 2007, right? And I guess he started trying to make movies at, I guess, around the same time as The Rock. And it worked out for one of them and didn't work out for the other. Uh, Stone Cold was in, what other movies? He was in one of the Expendables movies, and I think he was in the remake of, uh, what was that prison football movie? played a um, racist running back in it. Longest Yard? Yeah, yeah, Longest Yard. Yeah, he was in I almost that. said the rundown. I got yeah. excited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's, not, let's not forget a, a movie near and dear to Parker's hot, heart called Maximum Conviction. That's right. He wasn't that movie. Wasn't. <laughs> that sounds like the, <laughs> the precursor. It's old school assignment. To, sounds like the precursor to The Condemned. Uh, so The Condemned, it, it's really just, for me, more of a case study in why he didn't, he didn't succeed as an action star. Whereas The Rock did. And I guess it's because The Rock is more willing to tell jokes. Because I think Stone Cold is hilarious. I think he's really funny. But it's a very specific kind of humor. And he always needs to be like kind of in that character. Whereas, I'm not saying that The Rock is... I'm not saying The Rock has range or anything. But if The Rock is willing to debase himself in movies like The Tooth Fairy and Scorpion King and stuff like that, then uh, I guess maybe that can kind of help get him like the PG-13 audience. Whereas Stone Cold doesn't exactly have that sort of desire and just wants to do the condemned bitch. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, for the movie, it's really just a bunch of action cliches with the writing. I, I did kind of like it where uh, I guess you guys have seen this. Oh yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah, it's been a while. But uh, I think one of my favorite things about it is that they're live streaming this Hunger Games thing that they're doing, and uh, with actually this movie came out before the Hunger Games, but still, it's so it's more of a ripoff of Battle Royale, I guess. Anyway, uh, so they're live streaming this thing, and I think they're say, they're saying they get like what eleven million concurrent views or something like that. That's a lot of views. That but feels the, low. But the only maybe it's more. I don't know. I I don't I don't remember. But no, I mean like like there's no fucking way. Only 11 million people are watching that motherfucker. If that shit's real, me and everyone I know is buying that pay per view. <laughs> yeah, but I watch Death Race, motherfuckers. I know how this works. So the uh, the reason I bring up the amount of viewers that they have on it is the only people they show actually watching it is this really small bar in Alabama. Uh, which is one of the dumbest scenes that they keep coming back. There's like a dozen people in this bar looking at the TV being like, hey, maybe this is a little fucked up. <laughs> yeah, you know. Steve Austin Pepe's as he slit someone's throat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, I need to watch that again. <laughs> I I don't know. I think he might be good. I, I don't think it holds up quite as well as I would have liked. Someone getting stabbed in the head and just a flood of pog champs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, next one I watched is uh, a horror movie from the list uh, called Dog Soldiers. This is directed by one Neil Marshall. Parker, have you ever heard of Neil Marshall? I sure have. He's made <laughs> a good movie. Uh, one and a half. Was it called Dog Soldiers? <laughs> it's called The Descent, friend. Oh, right, yeah. Uh, dog. dog Soldiers... I gotta admit, doesn't do a tremendous amount for me. So this is a werewolf movie, right? And there is some benefit to uh, the way that it's set up. There is, I think the writing is actually kind of tight. And the acting is really, really good. And there are some ideas in here that really stick with me. But there's a whole lot of like setups to parts that don't pay off. 
I, I guess. Uh, and also, it's a horror movie, so it's not good. Um, I'm going to skip... I watched Ken Russell's The Devils from 1971, and I just don't have a lot to say about it, which is weird because... Is, he is a horny, horny man. That is exactly the way to describe it. so like, horny. Like, you know, the weirdest thing about it is that he was a, he was a devout Catholic when he made that movie. And... I, you watch it just like, boy, you really don't like what you are, do you? Uh, that is such like a... I, I don't know. I, I, I don't really have a whole lot to say about The Devils. Um, I wouldn't even recommend it. I don't even think it's that good. Uh, but let's get into Triple X, Return of Xander Cage. Oh, yes. My goodness. I forgot week. about this. Yeah, you return. Yeah, you, you assigned this one to me for reasons that uh, I guess I've realized. So... Oh, it's because you like Donnie Yen, wasn't it? Oh, big fan of him, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, he is, in fact, in this. <laughs> See, that really bugs me because I like him in the Ip Man movies, and I'm sure he was in something else that I watched. I was just like, oh, that's kind of cool, Wing Chun. Uh, he barely does that in this movie. He mostly shoots guns, so that kind of sucks. Uh, Return of Xander Cage, if I were to put this in a pithy back-of-the-box review, it would be... Kingsman uh, meets uh, Suicide Squad. That's the best way that I could possibly put it. Now, Alex, you said that this movie opens with uh, Xander Cage, played by 50-year-old Vin Diesel. Uh, I guess, what, is he skiing down a mountain? (laughs) And then he starts snowboarding just so he can, like, get the device to whatever those just, four people are the beats so they can watch so he can do game. a sick healy at the camera like that's it just, oh it's so bad it's it's really really dumb so like, sometimes, i kind of I, I like that's the thing like this movie came out what three years before bloodshot and like yes. bloodshot looks like shit in a lot of ways but it doesn't make vin diesel look a hundred years old like he does in this movie he looks so fucking old the yeah, only movie i've ever rights. seen the only movie I've ever seen that makes their that like seems to have this much contempt for, with the camera for their main actor is Jack Reacher two. Never go back. Right. God damn it. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, uh, who else is in this? Oh, Tony Collette, who gives the first bad performance I've ever seen from her. Uh, she is sleepwalking through this movie. I I would definitely compare it to like a Bruce Willis performance, where they just realize that the movie they're in is shit and they just completely mail it in. They just don't even try at all. Uh, which is a shame. She looks great. She looks like she's you know, made for the part because the part that she's playing would ordinarily be played like, I don't know, like a Gwyneth Paltrow or something. And instead she, she has the look and she just doesn't try at all. She just doesn't care. Oh yeah, Tony Gonzalez is in it. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, so... I want to talk about Tony Gonzalez real quick. There's not a whole lot to say here. Um, remember when uh, it was like that Monday Night Football intro thing and Tony Gonzalez did the Anchorman, I'm Tony Gonzalez thing? And for a while we were just like, oh, that's like our favorite Tony Gonzalez moment. Because <laughs> uh, he never won a ring. Anyway, uh, he's in this movie. Turns out that might actually be him acting. He's a really shitty actor. <laughs> also, if you're going to get don't like say. a... If you're going to hire a football player to play, like, some tough action hero, maybe don't go with Tony Gonzalez. (laughs) Maybe go with almost anyone else. (laughs) (laughs) Like, at this point, Scotty Miller is a tougher actor than uh, than Tony Gonzalez. Uh, Who else is in this one? Um, 
Oh yeah, Ruby Ruby Rose is that her name? You know how much we we'll, <laughs> you know how much we like her. She's uh, good. No, she's not. She's correct. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's yeah, a, she's like a badass chick, and she's like got jokes. She's wisecracking. She's I, got guns. I really What's cooler than that, man. They had to make a triple X movie that appealed to the Tumblr crowd, so they cast Ruby Rose. Not a moment too soon. Oh yeah. Um, Ice Cube cameos. He's back. Remember from the second movie? Yeah, he's in this. He's got that Buddy, have you seen scene. the second one? No. We uh, should put that on the list. Yeah, I... Uh, Deal. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson is in this. He's playing the exact same role that he played. It's it's kind of like the cross between the Avengers and, uh, again, Kingsman. Um, he doesn't really need to do that, but he does anyway. Uh, Tony Ja is in this for about 15 seconds. Thanks for nothing. Um... They got a Bollywood star in this, and she's like supposed to be one of the Triple X agents. Triple X does not just refer to Xander to Xander Cage; it refers to anyone in the Triple X program. So yeah, like you know, you know what I didn't need for my extreme sports Vin Diesel action movie lore. <laughs> well, yeah. Th- so these other people are like, we have to take down the satellites because the government and all this stuff. And Tony Collette betrays them. Like everyone would see this coming. Uh, anyway, this this. Thin little wispy Bollywood star is apparently like incredible at martial arts and stuff. It could kick Vin Diesel's ass. Yeah, okay. Actually, she can't, and I know why because Vin Diesel at no point throughout the movie looks even the least bit threatened by anything that's going on. And that's such a major failing for an action movie. It's just like you have to look like you care at least a little bit about what's happening. I mean, say what you will about Tom Cruise, but he always looks like he's in the movie, and it's not like everything is prepared out here. Vin Diesel is a little too good at what he does in the movie. He doesn't feel threatened. And I think maybe that was his idea. I wouldn't be surprised if he was, like, one of the producers. I was like, yeah, just make me, like, really cool. And, like, so he gets to fuck a whole lot of women, and he never gets hurt by anything, and he's super tough and can skateboard. And, uh... Two more characters to get to here. Uh, Chris Wu, former member of XO, the Korean uh, boy band that my sister really liked, by the way, is in this. He sucks. And at one point, they give him, like, special, like, gloves that they call XO gloves, which is the most pandering thing in the movie. (laughs) Uh, I love how this movie made a shitload overseas because their dumb strategy actually worked. I'm like... Let's put someone in from all these countries, and the people. Yeah, want that's to come pretty see much them. the way that it works. And it um, turns out they did. So uh, I will say this: there is one character that I liked, and I have to admit, I, uh, I kind, I kind of didn't expect to like this. It's a uh, Nina Dobrev. Do you guys know who Nina Dobrev is? Yes. Yeah, that is the chick from uh, the Vampire Diaries. Uh, she plays sure. Elena Gilbert on that show, which I have never <clears throat> seen. And of course uh, not. Why? Why yeah. would you? Yeah, Can't me neither. Yeah, um, and she's in uh, some other stuff I've never heard of. She's in this, and I actually thought her character was kind of funny. I actually thought, you know what, we should definitely use her a lot more if in Triple X Four, which is probably coming out. Uh, I I thought she was great. I thought she was like the a little bit of heart in the movie, which is otherwise just so sterile and boring. Really, it's one of the most disappointing action movies I've seen. Um, let's get into the next one here which I don't even have to look up and I really don't have much to say about it so you guys remember how like Anaconda was really good 
<laughs> Off the top of yeah. your head, you guys right, like remember the actors who were in it, right? Oh, of course, yeah. you got uh, Owen Wilson and uh, the Snake. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, what if they made Anaconda, but they made it without any recognizable actors? You would have Parker's first assignment for Snake Way <laughs> called Anaconda's Hunt for the Blood Orchid. Oh, uh, good. There's a Chaos Emerald in this. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> the idea here is that uh, the business company needs a lot of money, and their last-ditch effort is to find the Wishing Stone for one of what... Oh, there, he took that. Uh, so they have to uh, find the Blood Orchid, which blooms once every 30 years. They go to their backup plan, shorting a bunch of GameStop stock. Yeah, yeah, they do. Backup jerk of the week. And uh, they, um, if they get the Blood Orchid, it can heal anything. <laughs> you can live forever. <laughs> I think that's what the takeaway is. They don't really talk about it. Anyway, they go deep into the heart of, I guess, Indonesia or something, and they search for it, but they get attacked by anacondas, and the CGI is fucking atrocious. Uh, and it really sucks and all the characters are bad and the writing sucks and I hate it Parker have you even seen this or did you just look it up absolutely not <laughs> you just, how did you come across why would I just, watch that did you just search for like bad I, snake movie I didn't say bad explicitly you don't have to movie. it's implied like it auto completes yeah. if you type it into google like, I searched snake movies. After Snakes in a Plane and Anaconda, the drop-off was severe. Yeah, uh, no kidding. And that's a low place to drop off from. Yeah, well, uh, speaking of dropping off, I decided I would take a break from Snake Way. And uh, instead, I... Damn, I went, I you didn't get to Liz Warren this week? No, Parker hasn't sent me the Liz Warren YouTube playlist yet, so... Oh, I should probably compile that for I have some dangerous ideas. Yeah, great. <laughs> it's gonna be Liz Warren behind the scenes on SNL. Um, anyway, uh, speaking well, of politics, uh, I watched Bedtime for Bonzo from 1951. <laughs> now, I know most of our listeners don't know about Bedtime for Bonzo. <laughs> yeah, they might. They might, actually. Yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure a good portion of our listeners have also gone down the Googling monkey movie rabbit hole possibly you know they're see that's the thing is i'm sure parker watched a whole bunch of king kong movies in preparation for kong versus godzilla <laughs> and i got to watch bedtime for bonzo one of us went big monkey one of us went small monkey <laughs> one shall rise one shall fall <laughs> bonzo <laughs> so, do you think bonzo is gonna be like godzilla jr <laughs> yeah, he's he's the Diddy Kong of the uh, of the Kongverse. So let's let's get the story out here. First of all, the story so together strong. <laughs> <laughs> so the be the basic uh, thing behind the scenes here is Bedtime for Bonzo is a Ronald Reagan movie from 1951, in which he plays second fiddle to a small monkey. And he has to be sort of like a father figure to it. Uh, I'll get to the plot in a second because it's actually worth talking about. But uh, what kind of libertarian fantasy is this? So here's the thing. So here's the thing. Uh, astute viewers uh, or astute listeners <coughs> who know anything about history and politics might remember that Ronald Reagan was not only an actor; 
he was also a United States president. He's actually uh, the favorite president of this podcast. And uh, people... Oh, so your dad's listening to this week, huh? <laughs> people, <clears throat> people, when he was president, would often mention, hey, remember when he was an actor? Remember when he was in Newt Rockney All-American? And uh, other people would mention Bedtime for Bonzo. In fact, back in the 1980s, uh, a popular thing to say was uh, Bedtime for Bonzo is well-loved by Hollywood aficionados and Democrats. So I guess this was like the orange skin, uh, brown, I mean, uh, like fake hair, small hands uh, insults that they use today. Are you saying Bedtime for Bonzo is the original orange man bad? Yes. Is that, that is what you're telling me right explicitly what I am saying. I, re- I refuse to believe that... that people would be less likely to vote for someone after finding out they were in a movie with a trained monkey. So let's talk about this trained monkey, uh, which I don't think was actually very well trained. Uh, the movie's a lot like Ed. You're welcome again. Next movie I watched. But no, I, I, so th- it's kind of weird how the movie begins. They're doing like a, it's like a suicide scene is how it begins. There's a, a jumper up on this uh, building, right? Is it the monkey? <laughs> Yes, it's the monkey. It literally is the monkey. The monkey is up there because you never actually see the jumper. You're like, oh no, that's awful. How could he do such a thing? I hope he doesn't jump. And they bring in Ronald Reagan to save the day. And he says, don't worry, I'll I'll use... What he's doing is is like reverse psychology, you know. No, I want you to jump and the monkey doesn't jump. But he calls it like... (laughs) Inverse diluted psychology or something. <laughs> I swear to God, I'll end it right fucking now if you don't give me a banana. <laughs> Jumpy, stupid fucking monkey. Oh my god, I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, I talked another one off. <laughs> anyway. Pulling out his list of monkeys and crossing out thoughts. <laughs> Well, the thing is, the thing is, uh, Bonzo is kind of, oh, I'll get, I'll save this joke for a little bit. Okay, so, again, that's the way the movie begins. That's like cold open, how it begins. We don't know anything about Ronald Reagan's character or anything. Uh, then it, then they play the, the opening credits. Bedtime for Bonzo across the screen. I sigh. By the way, Alex, just for reference sake, the file size, because, yeah, I downloaded this movie. What are you going to do? Uh, this movie was 500 megabytes. What the fuck? <laughs> the only movie I've ever seen that was below 700 megabytes and the only copy I could find is... Well, no, there's two. One was that fucking fake Michael Moore movie you assigned me. And the, <laughs> the other one was the um, the fucking MTV uh, 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 martial arts movie that got dubbed over by the rappers that Parker assigned me. <laughs> that was a good call on my I part. I was. Dude, that, sh- that should be like a challenge for us, finding these uh, sub-700 megabyte movies. Uh, the, the one benefit is the movie is only 83 minutes long, which is kind of nice. Uh, anyway, as it turns out, Ronald Reagan, who was, I think he was 40 when he made this movie, uh, is a college professor of psychology, and he wants to marry the daughter of the dean of the school, but Ronald Reagan's father was like a con artist, uh, thief, bad guy, criminal sort of thing, 
So the dean of the school thinks, oh, that runs in the family. And he and Ronald Reagan get into like a really big argument. And he's not allowed to elope with the dean's daughter. You think, oh, I guess... <laughs> and the monkey be- throws no. shit at them. <laughs> no. Actually, so here's the idea. You are not going to believe me when I tell you this. You're going to be like, okay, very funny, Chris. Stop making stuff up, but it's true. Uh, Ronald Reagan's idea is to use the school's monkey, Bonzo... Uh, to adopt him as, like, a son, and he can show that Bonzo can learn right from wrong, good from bad, uh, and this will prove that goodness is not inherited but can be taught. And that will show that I have not inherited my father's criminal traits. All this so he can get lead. Uh, Man, this sounds like a Reddit argument. This is fucking <laughs> monkey race science. Just <laughs> you know, calipers and go go. Get revenge. I'll show you. I'll fuck your monkey and see how you. Now you talk about monkeys getting bitch. assassinated. The monkey wears a diaper throughout the movie and is sitting in a crib the entire time. You know, if Ronald Reagan had a pit bull, this would have been <laughs> over. <laughs> It's just like a Venus flytrap for pit bulls. They hop in, expecting to get a tasty baby, and then they just get ripped to shreds by a monkey. I thought I was really fucked up when Bonzo escaped with the COVID vaccine. Ah, yes, of course, he was a Chinese agent all along. No, you can't just take the COVID. flytrap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a pit bull jumping in that uh jumping in the crib. <laughs> Ronnie, where's the dog? The what? <laughs> so here's where things get even stupider. Uh he's a full time college professor. He doesn't have time to be a father to a monkey. So uh he hires uh the equivalent of a nanny for this job, but all the nannies run away because it's a monkey. It's a it's monkey. A monkey. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, is this a future episode? <laughs> it's only 83 minutes, it might be. <laughs> Put uh, it on the list, just in case. Just in case. He interviewed every nanny in town, and he's ripped all of their faces off. <laughs> what the guy got to do around here? So he hires uh, a... Really, I guess it's more like a surrogate mother, uh, is what he's looking for here. And... As soon as you see her, you're just like, oh, that's what kind of movie this is. Because she's really young, really hot, and hotter than his, the current like uh, woman that he's dating. You know he's going to end up with her instead of the dean's daughter. And the dean's daughter gets suspicious. Why are you spending so much time at home? What's going on there? And he can't just tell her, well, I've adopted a monkey. And I have a surrogate mother who I call Mama throughout the movie. And she is the surrogate mother to the monkey. Who's named Bonzo? Uh, now, Man, this is gonna get it, really awkward when the monkey love triangle part starts. Yeah, they are monk filled. Anyway, so uh, Bonzo, you're kissing my date. <laughs> uh, let's see. Does anything major happen in the movie? No. I fucking love monkey movies so much. This is, you know, there's always right, we got a movie. They start filming, which today is like, okay, let's just take it nice and slow. Just kind of tiptoe around the monkey. Don't move too fast. Don't move too fast. Turns out we can't shoot anything because the monkey might think he's back in the jungle and think we're an aggressor. Okay, guys. All right, uh, so couple... in this scene, you're going to choke around the monkey. Don't show me your teeth. You're going to tell the monkey that it's all okay. 
<laughs> okay, guys, just a couple of ground rules before, you know, we are working with animals. You know what they say, never work with animals with children. Well, universal. So uh, just make sure... You just hear in the background uh, like, oh, look, Bonzo's smiling. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> knocking everything over. <laughs> this is absolutely a future episode. Anyway, so guys, a couple ground rules here, you know, wash your hands before and after dealing with Bonzo, and uh, ladies do jewelry, and uh, that includes earrings. Why is she getting so close to her? 50 feet? <laughs> the 21-foot rule. Him. Don't feed him! Oh my god, cut. <laughs> Parker, the 21-foot rule, but with Bonzo. <laughs> out of range of his flung feces now. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, Bedtime for Bonzo was being filmed by John Landis and the results of disaster. These <laughs> <laughs> non-union monkeys can't trust him. John, how do I find banana? <laughs> Whatever you do, do not feed him. After midnight? No, ever. You rip your arm off. No, no, we, never see it we, we, have, we have a man on, on set to train him. It's just some guy in a hazmat suit. <laughs> <laughs> I I I just really glad that we can put all this on our on our demo reel for the advertisers when they ask us to sell something and we tell them that we're selling King Kong in that fight. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're like fight promoters. We're the Don King for Kong. <laughs> <laughs> Parker's thinking about himself with that hair right now and. Uh... <laughs> I'm thinking about, like, the inverse of this, where it's like, oh, yeah, I know in Homeward Bound, they had to go through, like, eight dogs. Like, yeah, there were a lot of Bonzos, right? You just can't fuck <laughs> Bonzo would get too close to me, which is dumb There's a fucking Indian burial ground of Bonzos out there on the side. No, it's, it's like it's the, it's like the Prestige. They had to just drown him over there. <laughs> Bonzo tanks. <laughs> it's like a fucking Texas A&M where they bury that stupid ass dog in a little dog graveyard. It's like, oh, that the monkey didn't get its seat perfectly right. It didn't go ooh ooh ah ah just the right way. <laughs> and just a quick well the thing. Soon, <laughs> they don't. They want to be fooled. Pull the lever. Pull the string. <laughs> Just imagining Ronald Reagan assuring the monkey, like, no, don't worry, I only did two knots, it's fine, get in there. <laughs> and then watching it drown. So, this kind of reminds me, there's a scene in the movie, uh, I hope I don't spoil this for when we eventually make this an episode, but uh, there's a scene in the movie where uh, the pretty young, I don't remember anyone's name in the movie, uh, the surrogate mother has like a shiny necklace, right? And Bonzo takes it from her because he likes shiny things. Who doesn't? And she's like, well, give me that necklace back. Hey, come on, give it to me. And the monkey's just like, not even paying attention. Because this monkey, I would not say, was actually well-trained. Uh, and the woman, in order to get it back, uh, starts pretend crying. And, oh, because she's upset and because he loves her, he'll do anything to make her not upset anymore and gives the necklace back. And while she's doing it, she's fake crying with, like, her uh, palms in front of her eyes, right? You know how women in the 1950s used to cry. And my first thought was like, oh, that's that's what you do around gorillas to, like, make yourself not seem like the dominant, uh, like, intruder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, did anyone leave their silver out? <laughs> Is it? You don't have eyes on Bonzo. Do we have eyes on Bonzo? <laughs> <laughs> 
mass murderer of this podcast. <laughs> He's. We finally found someone. Ponzo more, is the Night Stalker. We finally found someone more dangerous than Spaghetti than the the Pitbull. <laughs> oh man, I forgot my jerk of the week. He's the fucking guy in Oklahoma proposing the bill to hunt squatches legally. <laughs> Fuck that dude. <laughs> it's on site with that motherfucker. Yo, let's go spray paint squatches rule in his garage. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's... Don't email my squatch. <laughs> oh, okay. Thinking about Bonzo again. So the movie the only really bad thing about the movie is there's a bunch of like really lame jokes, but it's a black and white movie from the fifties. Like what are you looking for here? Um anyway, yeah, possible future episode. Uh <laughs> only two more to talk about here. Um I watched the American remake of The Grudge, starring Sarah Michelle Geller. Uh, produced actually by Rob Tappert and Sam Raimi. So nice to see their names again. You think, oh, it might be good. You'd be wrong. It sucks. So here's the thing about it is they remade a bunch of uh, Japanese horror movies. They remade The Ring. They remade, they remade, was it Dark Waters or something like that? They they had a whole bunch of uh, Japanese horror movies that they remade. Um, And I can see it because you have to think about what the market is. A lot of Americans don't want to watch a subtitled movie, including a horror movie. You know, they want to watch it with American voices. It's a little bit easier for them to get into. Fine, okay, I can understand it to an extent. Uh, But what they did is they would, like, transpose the ring into America. And that's not really that hard to do. It's actually pretty easy. I mean, videotapes over here, that was a big thing. But with The Grudge, they decided, no, 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 we will set it in Japan. And as you watch the movie, you come to realize there is absolutely no reason whatsoever for them to set this in Japan. Uh, I think they, I think the only reason is that they have the same director from the Japanese version, which makes sense because this is exactly the same movie. The only major difference is that the old woman is played by Grace Zabriskie. Uh, it's like, oh, is uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar in this? Yeah. So there's like no point. Um, this movie is not scary. This movie has no scares in it. Uh, it's, it's actually really, really shitty. I always remember, like, the cold open, be like, okay, so we're seeing, like, it happen in Japan, and then, like, the ghost follows him or something, you're like, no, it's just Sarah Michelle Geller in Japan for some reason. Yeah, you know, it's kind of weird. I... Speaking as a white guy who lived in Asia for, you know, more than a year, I was watching this and I was just like, boy, I didn't know that this, there were this many white people in Japan. But... They, they're all there, I guess. I mean, uh, you know. Whatever. They're all so hot, too. Well, what are the odds? That's Bill the bigger Pullman. problem. Bill There's Pullman. no attractive white people in Japan in real life. That's uh, They're all there for exactly the stuff you think they're there for. Yeah. So the next movie I watched was <laughs> American Movie. The reason I'm good. American Movie is very easily the best movie that I have uh, watched this weekend. Uh, have you guys heard of American Movie? I have. It seems up my alley. It I is just seen it. one million percent up your alley. You absolutely have to see this. It's probably uh, an assignment for both of you, uh, but more specifically, Parker, I think you'd really, really like it. The basic. It's a documentary. At, at times when you're watching it, you're going to think it's a mockumentary. It's not. This is all real. Uh, it's about this guy in. Uh, either Wisconsin or Minnesota he's trying to make a movie and he's trying to make the great American movie man he says man 151 times during this fucking movie 
and he's just trying to make his movie and the odds are against him and a lot of people seem to think well they i guess us to an extent you know we watch a movie like marmaduke you're just like i could do better than that but you watch it and parker you said something a while ago that really stuck with me is that every movie is a minor miracle and it takes a lot of hard work and you know for as bad as every movie that we watch on here can be it's like it really does take a lot of hard work to make them uh and no less than uh, uh any of the movies that he tries to make here because everything is against him he's in serious debt the actors he has are terrible the he doesn't have the equipment that he needs he doesn't have the support that he needs but he's been trying to make this movie for years and he won't stop i and most people who i think a lot of people who watch this they say oh this is one of those documentaries that exploits its subject i disagree very strongly with that i can understand why someone would say it and i guess it's a defensible argument but i, I have to disagree as strongly as i can here because no one who's watching this can say yeah i can do what he does no one can and this guy's not a good filmmaker he's not exactly as good as a director as any movie uh director that we've had on this podcast but he has drive he has more drive than i guess any other filmmaker i've ever seen besides maybe Werner herzog all right he is absolutely driven to this thing and all he's able to produce at the end is this short film and i gotta admit the short film looks pretty good and all this with all the odds against him and I gotta admit, there's something kind of sweet and uplifting about it, even though a lot of people are not supporting him the way that they probably ought to be, or maybe shouldn't ought to be. I mean, look at what he's working with here. But uh, I loved it. I absolutely love American Movie. I recommend it to everyone listening, and uh, if you haven't heard of it, look it up as soon as you can. You know, when you have a small budget like that, trying to wrangle a monkey can be very (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Okay, so uh, Alex, what did you watch? All right. Um, <laughs> hey, Parker, should I tell him about my movie idea? This is our new I inventing a idea. thing. So much. <laughs> I want to make it more than I've ever wanted to make anything. Except for whatever the last one that I pitched was. Look, there's been a lot of bangers. I know. This one seems very doable. Yeah, I have a gift for this. All right. like four Italians and we've got a movie. All right, so you know how there's like that like subgenre of movie where like a bunch of like incompetent people kidnap somebody and they're like holding them ransom and they don't really oh, yeah, know what to do. Yeah, yeah. All right, so my thought is basically this: it's that you know they kidnap some like organized crime guy and like every time that they take the the tape off his mouth or whatever, he's like, "I'm fucking warning you, you guys got to let me out of here." This and that, blah blah blah, whatever. And then they tape him back up, and they go back to bickering. You know, he, like, tries to get away. They tie him up again, do more bickering. And then he just turns into a werewolf and kills them all. (laughs) (laughs) And you realize that all of those warnings that you thought were just, like, him being like, oh, yeah, my boys are on the way. We're like, no, I'm going to turn into a werewolf at midnight and murder all of you. Chris, you just watch Dog Soldiers. You can do a lot with a little bit of money. Yeah, you know what? Honestly. You need some good makeup. This, this sounds better than Dog Soldiers, actually. <laughs> Glad I cleared that insurmountable bar. Yeah. I uh, I gotta tell you, man. Surprise <coughs> werewolf movie is, is right up there, man. I mean... We're just gonna make that our own thing now, you know? Are we gonna have a surprise Frankenstein yes. movie? That, that's... That's a little harder. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll get to work. I'll get to that's work. That's a little harder. I can probably come uh, up with that. I don't know if we can pull off a surprise Bonzo movie. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Disagree. He just comes in there dome-shotting people like he did with the lawnmower man. Uh, guys, we need you all to realize that the monkey is far and away the most expensive star in this movie, so all of you are expendable, and we'll be replacing you if you're maimed in any way. He's <laughs> on Bonzo. Another Bonzo-related incident occurred late last night in the red light district. He's been zero days since chip-related incident. Alright, I'm also adding serial killer movie where the serial killer is actually just a monkey to the list. So it's just murders of the Rue Morgue, isn't it? It's just like played completely straight as like investigating a fucking serial murderer and then the murderer is revealed to be a monkey. Hey Chris, this is for you. The end of Don't Look Now. And then it turns around it's just Bonzo wearing that coat. <laughs> <laughs> and then Bonzo stabs him in the face. Apes together. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Alright. We need to stop. <laughs> We're gonna be doing this for the next three hours. <laughs> Alright. Alright. Um Yo, Parker, did you ever watch Judgment Day after I signed it to you? It's 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 coming up soon. Well, I was gonna get to it today and then I have to do a bunch of shit. Well I did, so I'll wait on that one. Oh, nice. Um <laughs> so yeah, the Mothman prophecies is trying really hard to be a real movie, huh? Oh, it's so fucking infuriating. It could be so good. Like, as somebody that knows all of the Mothman lore, because of course I do, I really appreciated those parts of it. Did not appreciate all the romance subplots, but also in all of them, I just imagined fucking Richard Gere as Jim Carrey from the number 23, but about a moth. <laughs> Because there are, like, multiple scenes where there is, like, somebody getting a CT scan, and the, like, the little image on the fucking brain is, like, moth-shaped. There's a whole lot of dumb shit like that that, like, really doesn't belong in this movie, but that's what I'm here for. You know me. You know what I love in this trash. Like, it's It could have been so Oh, it, this could have been. The fact yeah. that it tries to be, like, we're gonna take, like, a realistic spin on it, like, I don't... I don't need any of that. But also, I feel like the reason, like, this movie is still sort of around is because it tried to be a real movie. So for that, I am thankful. Because you, you tell your friend, you remember the time Richard Gere was in a movie about the Mothman? They're like, <laughs> go fuck yourself. No, no, no. And he says chapstick, and it's all spooky. You remember it? Uh, it's, man. <laughs> As someone who got a large talking to today, because I was supposed to do a lot of shit around the house... Woke up hours before her and then I had to explain, oh, I got lost on the cryptid wiki today. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> oh, Sometimes you start yeah. clicking articles, clicking YouTube videos, and, uh, boy, it's getting dark outside. <laughs> That's bad. I have to know about them. <laughs> there was one called The Grunch. You think I'm not clicking that? It's <laughs> so fucking funny. <laughs> Uh, whenever you're ready to pivot this to a cryptid podcast, you know where my number is. Man. Thinking about it. <laughs> they need to start releasing some movies or it's going to be the occasional movie podcast, but also cryptid hour. Yeah. <laughs> Can we take callers? Like, I, oh, we'll workshop this. Well, oh my we'll God. I want out. Skype calls of people with their cryptid experiences. <laughs> Alright, what else do I have here? Oh, I watched uh, Godzilla vs. Biolanti last night, as promised. Oh, hey. I, it, A big plant mommy. It owns that, like, it's like, like you guys said, there's like 35 Godzilla movies and like 27 of them are bad. Like, I feel like I've only seen the good ones and Godzilla 98. But like, 
<laughs> I, I like having seen having my my experience with like older kaiju movies being this Godzilla versus Space Godzilla and Godzilla versus King Ghidorah. Like in my mind, they're just all bangers. Yeah, that's a good run. It's it's real solid. I'm really happy with it. It's like this one, like just watching it, knowing like that must have taken a hundred people to even make any of this possible. Oh right. yeah. yeah, my god, it is wonderful. I will watch monsters fight anything, including plants. All right, last thing I watched this week. Have either of you guys ever heard of a movie called Tiger Claws? Uh, say that one again. Of what now? All right, so let me give you the setup. The year is 1992, and we're in like late 80s, bombed out New York. There's a serial killer going around targeting martial artists. <gasps> what? <laughs> Doing his special martial arts technique to murder the shit out of them. Oh my god. So this is an incredible premise, made even better by the fact that the entire thing is in 4-3 and like every third character has a mullet. Okay. I know what I'm doing. This movie has, like, four sequels that I obviously have not gotten to yet, but dear God, if you just want to see a movie <laughs> with a bunch of, like, 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 you'll get introduced to, like, a new martial artist, knowing full well that the serial killer is coming for him within the next, like, 45 seconds of movie, and every time you get excited. Because you get the guy who's just, like, got the two scimitars and is waving them around. And then, like, the ominous music plays. And pretty soon he's slumped up against the wall with the tiger claw mark on his face. And also, the bad guy is the bad guy from Bloodsport. What the? Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. How many sequels you say? Jinkies. <laughs> I think they're all on Prime, too. Thank you, Bezos. Oh, it's... <laughs> exploit my labor daddy it is, give me more ninja movies it is exactly what you want it to be if you hear us talk about you know these fucking stupid ass ninja movies and like old shitty martial arts movies and think like man I really want to get Chinese food and get really baked in my underwear and watch this at 3pm on a Wednesday like Tiger Claws is the movie for you and writing that one down I okay. just needed to put that out good of the thing we're recording early boys yeah, yeah. <laughs> Parker, what did you watch? Uh, let's return to a little segment called Normie Corner. Oh, yes. Let's talk about Boy. the things all of our fun Normie friends are watching. So, guys, we're three episodes in, and uh, maybe things aren't all right in suburbia. Oh, God. What a crazy undermining of the whole Americana theme. I mean, what's going on? I don't know. It's Lynchian. <laughs> Scarlet Witch in Vision living in their sitcoms. Now, Parker, I want to I want to let you know here, give you just uh, pitch this one underhand to you. I actually kind of wanted to see this. I actually thought, oh, that looks kind of cool. So, is it kind of cool? Look, I'm being a dick because it's very obviously like each episode revealing a tiny bit more and obviously building to something. I just like being an asshole, but also. When the whole thing is like, okay, it's kind of like a parody of like sitcoms and every week's a different one. Sitcoms had jokes. Marvel movies have bad jokes. So like, you're just sitting through like 19 minutes of a shitty sitcom and then like a minute or two of like the thing you actually want to see. So here's hoping we get out of this formula because we're in the 70s now after the last one. So like, we can't have that much more left Wait. unless we're just going to have like a bunch of fucking everybody loves Raymond parodies. Wait, really? Oh, could you Wait. imagine though? Right. 
So the, I, I actually didn't know this, so I guess WandaVision it starts in, what, 1950s sitcoms and moves to yeah, the 1970s? The first one was like a 50s one, then it was a 60s, and then a 70s. Oh, oh no. And then oh. at the end, yeah, it's... I was actually... Doctor not, Strange <laughs> drove a car through the wall into my living room. I was I was actually kind of <laughs> hoping it would stay in the 50s, you know, and Bonzo would be there. <laughs> <laughs> the truth comes out. <laughs> That's why he's so powerful. <laughs> Rips her fucking head off. But like, it's obviously building towards something. Boy. But also, like, realistically, like, it can only be building to like two or three things. Like, yeah, either she did it herself or a bad guy did it to her. Okay, can we get there now? Thankfully, they're all like thirty minutes, including credits. So oh, that's good. Like I, I'm thirsting to have something to watch every week, just to have any sense of time and my movement through the universe. So well, Parker, why don't you why don't you watch the Godzilla animated series? <sighs> hey, Chris, which one, man? Oh, <laughs> it's my question. I pose to you. <laughs> watch Godzilla animated. <clears throat> so, uh. I've been we've been watching Dragon Ball obviously, and we finished that Good. and started Dragon no. Ball Z. So we've been going through a wonderful thing where I'm watching her watch this for the first time, where we've spent all these hundred plus episodes getting to know all these characters and all their stories, and then in the first five episodes the Saiyans come and brutally murder all of them. They all die horrible, terrible deaths, and I'm just watching her confused face like, Wait, why did little Chao Tzu blow up? Like Cause he had to fucking die, and at the same time, I'm getting texts from a good friend of mine who is watching G Gundam for the first time, <laughs> and I'm just living in a beautiful, blissful moment of her being like, "Wait, what's a Namekian?" And then getting a text that says, "Do you say his name is Chibity Crockett?" <laughs> and just really in a good place mentally. Is Chibity Crockett friends with Capus McGlick. <laughs> <laughs> So, that's how that's been going. Chris, I feel like way, way back in the in the before times of this podcast, you did like a special segment talking about Universal Soldier. Am I wrong? I th- oh my god, I don't even remember. I think I did. What the hell happened in, in Universal Soldier? Uh, turns out not much. Kind of a letdown. Yeah, that was about my reaction to... Wait a second. Universal Soldier. We're thinking of the same movie, right? It's uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. That would be... And Dolph Lundgren. And Dolph Lundgren. Hang on. That's like absolutely you want to know like the... a big thing. How did... What? Hey, you want to know the biggest problem with the Universal Soldier? The other Alex is going to hear this and she's going to be pissed. <laughs> what is it? But she will understand. Dolph Lundgren is very clearly given the best performance in this movie. Oh, oh yeah. That is yeah. an issue. Yeah, that is absolutely <laughs> an issue. <laughs> I have never in my... I've heard like the expression of an ear necklace... <laughs> Never have I seen it committed to film before. <laughs> Imagine my surprise that it makes multiple appearances. And uh man, Jean-Claude is just choking down that English accent. It is not pretty. <laughs> Having all American Vietnamese war veteran Jean-Claude Van Damme. Did uh but did you get the the real ending or the theatrical ending? Ooh, I didn't know there was a difference. Oh, buddy. It's very, very radically different. I'm going to need you to let me know what the real ending is then. Give me one second. I got to look these up. It's been a while. 
Because also, I don't fully remember the ending I have. I just assume I had the one like, he beat him, and then he had the girl who is miraculously not dead from getting a grenade thrown at her. Oh, yeah. You know what? Let's just... I'll, we'll talk about this later. <laughs> yeah. I'll figure yeah. it out later. It's fine. <laughs> so, uh, uh, not great. Did enjoy the fact that the th there's like three of them total, and the third one is just the giant German man from Beer Fest. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, I expected better, if we're being honest. Which is weird to say, considering it's a movie. But, like, it's Jean-Claude Van Damme and Dolph Lundgren as robot soldiers. Like, I have a certain expectation. And I feel like most of the movie did not meet it. But also, I forgot. What I did not expect was the movie to end, cut to black. And then body count would start playing over the credits. <laughs> was not expecting that. Also, didn't know it was a Roland Emmerich movie. That explains a lot, huh? Is, yeah. Really, a lot of puzzle pieces fit together very nicely after that. Let's see. Well, I watched a movie that came out last year called The Wolf of Snow Hollow. Ooh. Since we're talking about werewolves <laughs> and all. I really enjoyed this. I definitely heard about it. Because it's, it's a neurotic, like, small-town cop. He's The entire movie just constantly on the verge of a nervous breakdown. Really stressed out. His family life is falling apart. And also, there's a bunch of wolf murders going on. So the entire movie, he is just about to fucking snap and it's all like it's all played for laughs this isn't like a serious drama so it's very much a comedy of a man just on the breaking point and also a wolf keeps murdering people i had a wonderful time with it i saw it once a couple months ago and then i watched it again last night man it's real good one of those movies that just since movies didn't come out last year it just like showed up to rent for like six dollars and if you knew about it you knew if not it's just gone until it appears on hulu in six months but it's very good. Uh, as someone who has a weird humor tick who really giggles at, you know, things like the sound of dice hitting a table. <laughs> there's one... There's a joke where he's getting an argument with someone. And we're seeing it from, like, the spectator's point of view. Like, he's yelling at us in a room full of people. And at one point he yells, like, Yeah, hey, I want you to tell your wife to print all her little Facebook comments and print them out and shove them up her ass. And you don't hear the guy yell. You just hear the sound of a chair aggressively scoot back. <laughs> and it really cracked me up. Like It's such a pitch-perfect thing for me. I had a very good time with it. Boy, this is a movie I missed years ago called Room 237. Oh, shit! Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which one is this? Why this jumped in my head? But this is the documentary about a bunch of people with all of their theories about Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Oh, Here's one humongous issue with this movie. There's like, let's say two, maybe three, like, legitimate theories. And then a bunch of really fucking crazy ones. And they are all treated with equal weight and sincerity and seriousness. <laughs> and it kind of tanks the entire thing. Because you'll cut from one person who has, like, a valid point. Like, yeah, like, there's a lot of, like, Native American imagery and a lot of references to Native Americans being buried under there. Like, yeah, I could buy that. And then a woman being like, yeah, so in the background there's a poster of someone skiing. But that's not a skier. That's a minotaur. Like, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? And then she just talks about it for like five more minutes. And the movie's never once like, oh, she's fucking crazy, right? It's like, no, these two are the same. 
This is a movie about white genocide of Native American peoples, and also there's a minotaur on the ski poster. Don't worry about it. You'll get a guy talking like, uh, in the scene where uh, Jack is waiting, uh, he's reading a Playgirl magazine, and if you look up that magazine, uh, it has an issue about it, about incest. There's a story about it. And, uh, you know, we found out earlier that Danny was uh, physically assaulted. Maybe he was sexually assaulted. Also, the Holocaust, <laughs> and this is within, like, two minutes of each statement. Like, just the dumbest crackpot YouTube film theory dipshits given this platform just demeans the entire thing. Like, there's legitimately a point where this isn't word for word, but it's close. Where they just go off and on about, like, something... There's a chair in one scene, and they cut away to show someone else talking. When they cut back, the chair's gone. They go, uh, continuity error? Maybe. But what if it isn't? And that's just the spin-off point for their entire argument about what they're talking about. It's just... It's nonsense. But they spend a lot of time talking about Kubrick filming the moon landing, in case you were wondering. <laughs> <laughs> whole lot of they clues all sure over the movie. <laughs> it's... Man... I'm glad these people don't exist anymore. Now if you'll excuse me, I'm just gonna go tweet about how shitty the Snyder Cut looks. <laughs> I don't have to deal with these freaks anymore, am I right? <laughs> oh, the best part, oh, God, I'm happy I wrote this down, is there's some guy who's just been talking nonsense for like 10 fucking minutes. And he talks about how uh, the end credits where it's like panning out and see the sky, if you pause on a one specific frame, you can see Kubrick's face in the sky. So while he's talking, they're going frame by frame by frame. And you can't see it. <laughs> so why'd you put it in the fucking movie? Kind of undermines the whole goddamn thing, doesn't it? <laughs> Maybe just cut that. I don't know. But uh, yeah, it's interesting to say the least. But could have been better if they picked. Do you, you know, th people wait? Do you think like maybe they put bots. it in the movie to like kind of make fun of that guy to like show how crazy he is and how crazy the fans could be? You're the one that. I mean, I'm not the one that gave him like an additional thirty minutes just to spout nonsense. There is a lot of nonsense. And like I said, like, maybe three legitimate theories. Everyone acting like, well, he would clearly just never have a continuity error. It's like, I don't know, man, you film a hundred takes, sometimes a chair moves. Yeah. It happens. <laughs> yeah, for real. He's not a perfectionist who wants every frame to be perfect. He's just kind of an asshole. There's a difference. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, quickly, about the original King Kong versus Godzilla... Man, that King Kong suit is <laughs> the most atrocious thing I've ever seen. So How do you skip funny. on the money for King Kong's face? It is so funny. It is a party city ass <laughs> mask. It doesn't look that I good. I don't understand. It doesn't even it. look that good. It's horrendous. It doesn't even look like a gorilla. <laughs> Just him rolling down that hill. It's so Like... A lot of people, like, use hyperbole, like, oh, they don't even fight till the end. Yeah, I checked the time. They legitimately don't fight until there's ten minutes left in the movie. I was livid. <laughs> that is 80 long minutes of goddamn nonsense and talking about magic berries. But it's fine, <laughs> whatever. They're the all good, berries. as we know. And you're right, yeah, they don't they don't start fighting until the last ten minutes of the movie, which is kind of like Sayako versus Kadako, that, uh, the ring girl versus the grudge girl. I keep forgetting you saw that before you watched literally any of <laughs> His brain is so He smooth. went so against your programming, you went, no, I got burned once. I'm never doing this <laughs> no, again. That was, that was, yeah, that was the thing. It was just like, you know what? I kind of want to see them fighting. That will be really cool. The viral marketing was really great. They don't fight till the last, like, five fucking minutes, and it's really lame. I told just... Alex that movie existed, and she was just like, 
oh wow that sounds great and i was just like oh it's not actually but uh yeah it does doesn't <laughs> i'm it? just imagining somebody whose first exposure to both franchises is alien vs predator i don't get <laughs> you know, it what's I the big deal so- why don't they just shoot the alien honestly alex you're not inventing a new guy right there i think a lot of people their first exposure to alien to either uh franchise was alien versus predator was that movie pg-13 though Sure yeah, was. Yeah, see, that's a lot of kids. Probably that was the first time they'd ever heard of it. Well, hmm. now that we're on a downer note here. <laughs> so, Chris, I went once upon a forest this week. <laughs> I forgot I decided this. <laughs> Asking you a question I already know the answer yeah, to. Yeah, I know. But here's the thing. Because yeah, the nostalgia critic, right? Just tell Actually, me. Actually, no. Okay, so here's the thing. I was going to sign you Fern Gully, but I think you've already seen that one. I sure hope so. so. <laughs> You've seen it for a guy. If not, I'm just going to mark it anyways. It's got, t- it's got Tim Curry in it, right? He, d- he sings that song where he's like the toxic smog or whatever the thing. I know one of... We owned, like, legitimately owned, like, the actual retail things of, like, a dozen Disney movies. One of them had that, because I've seen the intro to Ferngully about a thousand oh times in my life. Sorry to hear I don't know if I've ever Fern seen Gully the movie. Ferngully fucking sucks. I want to get that right out of the way. Ferngully is a fucking terrible movie. should burn the fucking rainforest. Uh, it's not really because of that, although I do think it's kind of... I think Douglas Adams... <laughs> Careful, Chris. Bonzo might be listening. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> although, I, I will say... You guys hear that, you guys hear that tree shaking outside? <laughs> <laughs> Take a look, see what that Okay, is. I will say this. Douglas Adams once said, it's like, hey, can't a garden just be beautiful because it's a garden and you don't need a fairy to live in it, you know? And I, I agree with him, although he's dead now, so what good does that do me? Um, I think the real problem with uh, with Fern Gully is that Robin Williams raps in it. So, uh, oh, Jesus, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's a tough one. Although the movie is more or less safe with Tim Curry as the villainous smog demon thing, which is oh, Hexus. That was his name, Hexus. He's really, really good in that role. I'll tell you that. That's like a like the definitive Tim Curry uh, role. Um, but yeah, so that, that movie sucks, but it got a lot of credit from, uh, you know, save the environment type of people. What was the environment ever done for me? And I guess I was deciding between, should I assign you Fern Gully 2, which is like really, Ugh. really bad, Ugh. or, um, it's, I'd say it's worse than uh, Once Upon a Force, but Once Upon a Force, I thought, you know what, this one will be better because it has songs. Parker, did you like the... Yeah, thanks, man. Love the <laughs> sweet old song about, oh, God, please don't die, tiny little critter thing. Jesus Christ, your parents are already dead. Please don't die in That's, your sleep. Yeah, the... The cute little bop. Yeah. Appreciate isn't it. Isn't she like the... Isn't the, the guy who sings it? Isn't he like the guy... Was that Michael Shannon or something? The guy from uh, The Phantom of the Opera? I have now replaced him with actual Michael Shannon. Yeah, whatever that guy is. Yeah, that's he's. In the- Thank you again, cause uh, we're looking at a tight sixty-five minutes. So I appreciate. Yeah, that you one. know, I try to do what I can for it. There's also that uh, that song that's straight out of the Blues Brothers, where this like that Southern revival thing. <laughs> yeah, that was an interesting uh, change of direction. You like music? I just, you know what, man, like. I'm hey, guess what, critters? Like, if we don't destroy your homes and kill your parents and uproot everything, where am I supposed to go to get a couple tall boys before I talk about executive decision <laughs> with my buds? I mean, that's the thing. Wasn't there like <laughs> Sorry. a? I, I don't even remember what the uh, there was like one of them was a hedgehog, one of them there was a skunk, a badger, uh, probably a weasel. 
Um, but was there like a kangaroo or something in there? Like, where the fuck does this movie take place? Yeah, a lot of fucking nerves have him rolling up in there. <laughs> Be in your future, I didn't care buddy. For it. <laughs> Do you think if Bo- Snake Way has many? So turns. here's the thing: it's like there's you know there's no way that Bonzo was in this movie because if Bonzo was destroyed, he'd take revenge. He would just pick up that fucking forklift. <laughs> the yellow dragons are. Oh, Bonzo's here. Don't worry. <laughs> Bonzo's here. Bonzo is like the great revenger of all animals. <laughs> Just dishing out judgment. Is he just the fucking Lorax for the Animal Kingdom? <laughs> yes. But uh, he goes through different means to get results. I haven't seen Upgrade yet, but I have a feeling that that kid's just going to turn into Bonzo. <laughs> we are Devo indeed. After taking it, <laughs> Well, after taking a trip to a forest, I took a trip to Greenland with my good friend Gerard <laughs> oh, Butler. fuck yes. <laughs> Two hours? <laughs> Two hours? Uh, do you want to know some lore about this that'll blow your fucking yeah, mind? Yeah, This was almost a Neil Blomkamp. What movie. the fuck? Whoa. It was going to be him and Chris Evans. Holy what shit. the fuck? I want to visit that universe for a day. Where they can't get Chris Evans, they go, alright, well. <laughs> just get Gerard Butler. <laughs> oh, man. I hope he keeps expanding. <laughs> Like, physically. <laughs> I love it for him personally. Now, I'm sure you had this experience. I'm sure you even told me about it. But my brain is like an Etch-A-Sketch. It's all gone as soon as we hit stop recording. So when I turn this on, I'm like, oh yeah, we're down here in beautiful Atlanta, Georgia. And then he opens his mouth and that Scottish accent <laughs> comes out. It's jarring. <laughs> Like, of all movies, would be like, nah, man, just let it fly. Just, you know, talk your normal voice. To be a movie that takes place exclusively in the South was definitely a choice. It's actually kind of good, though. Yeah. <laughs> like, if we're being real. It's, it's like a solid three stars. Like, if you like these kinds of movies, you'll absolutely enjoy it. Oh, yeah, you could do a lot if, worse. If I say Gerard Butler movie and you just go blank, probably don't watch it. <laughs> Even if you, like, hate the first, like, 100 minutes of the movie, getting the scene where all the fucking little comets are falling on the highway is worth it. Just, like, just for that. Because you keep thinking, like, I want other guy out of this champ. And then they reveal it to be like, oh, they just get to a bunker and then just all of Earth is wiped out. <laughs> it's such a cool ending. The movie ends with just comets destroying all life on the planet. I appreciated them going for it. Uh, big fan of like in the middle of the movie someone wants to steal his ID and he just accidentally murders a guy with a hammer <laughs> just the giant fight scene in the middle of this fucking disaster movie I didn't know I needed that cause you get all like the standard running away and like buildings exploding but just having a full on like fist fight that leads in death that bumped it up a star I'll be honest with you yeah like uh obviously should not have been two hours but you know I don't. I had a good time. Let's see here. Ooh, Alex, have you seen the Man from Uncle? I have not. That's based on the oh, TV buddy. show, right? It sure is. Let me just softball pitch this to you. Sixty spy movie. Henry Cavill doing an American accent that sounds like this. <laughs> An army hammer doing a Russian accent that sounds like Oscar Kakashka. 
<laughs> Directed by Guy Ritchie. Oh God. Yeah, just assume that's in your future. God damn it! Because it kind of it kind of fucks, dude. It's good. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Real good time. All right. With it. I'll 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 jot this down. It seems. Yeah. Like anyone I've ever seen that finally saw it was like, this is actually low key good. Why doesn't anyone talk about this? But then no one saw it, so he just went back to making his old rock and roll of fucking snatch bullshit. But it's real good. I had a real good time with it. I think you'll like it. All right, I'll keep that in mind. And then we'll skip a couple things because we're going longer than fuck talking about Bonzo. <laughs> oh man! So I watched this last week, but didn't talk about it. So uh, as a kid, I saw the opening to the last Boy Scout, and then not the rest of the movie. So for like the last fifteen years, my memory of that movie has been: Is that the movie during the football game that guy pulls out that gun and shoots everybody? Which it turns out, yes, it was. But also there's a whole entire movie around it that also has a Wayans brother. <laughs> oh, good. And that was a surprise for me. Um, it's actually ended up fitting in this week, because this is a movie where... Uh, this happened a lot. Back then you get a bunch of hot shit stars. Shane Black's, like, riding high. Fucking director's riding high. Bruce Willis is riding high. Just all these fucking egos bumping into each other. And they turn in the movie and they go, What... What the fuck is this? So they hire an editor to basically hatch it together. And it's the same guy who ha- hatched it together. Fucking, where we go? Demolition Man, Showdown in Little Tokyo, Tango and Cash. Who also went on to direct Executive Decision. <laughs> so that was, a, that was a nice little piece of it working out for me. Um, it's kind of not great. No. You can tell it's another case of like, I'm sure Shane Black had a really cool script for this. And someone took it and decided... Who do we have? Uh, Damian Wayans and Bruce Willis? Okay, we'll make Bruce Willis the funny one. Because uh, we have to do what Bruce Willis says. And uh, it really suffers for it. It's, you know, it's fine. A lot of people get a shot in the face. Got some good banter. Got some of that good buddy cop stuff. Still nothing really tops the football opening, which is what I saw as a kid. So I uh, could have just kept that as a memory, and that would have been fine. One last thing here. Okay, so many, many, many months ago, a friend of mine who loves to find just weird, weird horror shit sent to me is like, I mean, have you ever seen a movie called The Manitou? To which I responded, no, I haven't. I know about this movie. I, okay. So, uh, Chris, there's a woman, she has a weird growth on her neck, and it's growing at a rate that isn't scientifically possible. So, of course, there must be some kind of shenanigans going on. Well, uh, the tumor growing on her neck is actually the fetus of a 400-year-old Native American demon. (laughs) At the end of the movie, after several seances and such... I'll just get to the end, because it took me a long time to find out how to describe it here. Uh, The ancient witch doctor rips itself free from her back. Uh, The witch doctor wants revenge on the white men who murdered all of his native people. So they seek out another Native American to fight him. And this turns into a Native American exorcism. And then uh, the exercise ghost turns into a ghost lizard. And then the entire hospital turns into ice. And they throw a bunch of typewriters at him. And that doesn't work. So fireballs start flying around. And then they open a random door. And then they're in space. And then the Manitou is yelling at them. And then everything starts exploding. And that's as much as I can describe. Because a bunch of strobing colors start playing. Does that make sense to you? This 
And then Bonzo shows up. Yeah, oh, then Bonzo. Bonzo shows up at the end. He rips himself free from her tumor, tears her face off. She's Dunzo. Kills his no, wife. Uh, takes nice. his shit in his pool. <laughs> it's nice to make an exception for the all seventies movies are bad rule, because someone just did their body weight and cocaine, and they were allowed to make this, and I appreciate that. Me too. Finally, get to see some. Native American representation that isn't cold pursuit. <laughs> uh, I think I'll end on that note. Nothing else really sticks out. Yeah, we're good there. Let's talk about executive decision. <laughs> Alex, you knew this was 133 minutes when you assigned it to us. Do you want to say you're sorry or. Not even a little bit. <laughs> Look, I'll shoot you. Look, I'm going to be honest. Every time you guys ask me to choose a movie, the first thing I do is open them all on IMDb and look at the runtime. If you don't do the same for me, that's a personal failing. That's, okay, I guess that's fair. Um, anyway. Uh, anytime I go to pick a movie, I'm like, oh, I heard this is good. I look at it, I'm like, that's going to be tomorrow. That's not happening. Absolutely not, under no circumstances. Right. So no matter we, how excited I am. We, we look at the cast for this movie, the, the opening credits, and it looks like our mission to watch every film in the John Leguizamo canon continues unabated. Uh, some other names in here. Uh, some other names. Kurt Russell, never made a bad movie in his life. Halle Berry is in this as well. She's second build. And, um, and that's it. So uh, the movie starts off with a counter-terrorist unit led by someone who looks suspiciously like Steven Seagal. And uh, they're looking for the disc no they're not looking for the, they're looking for the gas um and they they can't find the gas and uh some dr poison dies. did a great yeah, job hiding it right they can't <laughs> find the gas and everything everything blows up so i'm watching and being like that guy who looks a lot like steven seagal he was leading quite a ragtag group of people uh among them is john leguizamo as a counter-terrorist spec ops guy Look at sure, him. Sure, sure. Look Why at not? him. Yeah, man. This guy who's never done a push-up in his life is allowed to hold a gun. I... I mean, have you been to the South? I... <laughs> okay, Do fair. you want to come to a gun and knife show, buddy? Yes. Anyway, uh, <laughs> the other person who's on their team... They have a bunch of people. It's kind of like the Burger King Kids Club of uh, Spec Ops guys. They have all different <laughs> races there. I, uh, I really appreciated <laughs> seeing the fucking guy from Lake Placid. <laughs> yeah, him too. Same, uh, honestly. Uh, anyway, they have B.D. Wong there. Uh, people may know B.D. Wong as being an actor. I know him for having the shittiest haircut in the world, an executive decision. <laughs> this is the most embarrassing uh, J. Jonah Jameson flat top I think I've ever seen. Do you see a lot of Asian dudes rocking flat tops? No. Because I feel like that's a missed opportunity. They you can really do set like yourself a, apart. You can do like a high you can do like a high and tight, maybe, but that flat top that he's doing is so geometric. It looks so <sighs> stupid. The you King and Showdown Little Tokyo should have all rocked flat tops. You could just <laughs> Right, yeah. I mean, just, just looking at it and you're like, Oh, you're, you can place like a slide rule on that motherfucker. So I'm talking myself into installing Yakuza Seven right now, just thinking about it. I, I think the way that the scene ends, where they go to whatever this South American dictator's villa is, is uh, they realize that hey, that one guy got shot, and then they just kind of walk out of the, uh, they walk out of that location, looking kind of forlorn that they couldn't find the gas. 
It's very similar to the start of the substitute. <laughs> it is actually, yeah. This the maybe the same universe, you know. Uh, I love that they murder these people, like blow up a bunch of rooms. Go, oh, it's not in the basement. Should we look somewhere else? Back on the plane. Yeah, they just they just go. They're like, yeah, this is good enough. So I cannot stress enough. This movie, within the first minute, the first thing you see is Steven Skull slitting throats. Yeah, it is so good. So interesting thing here, and Alex, I'm glad that you fact checked me on this. Is uh, Steven Seagal's name does not appear in the opening credits. So we've talked about surprise werewolf movies and surprise Bigfoot movies. Do not steal, but I wasn't aware that there would be a surprise Steven Seagal movie. Imagine it's 1996. You're like, oh, I'll go watch the new Kurt Russell movie. You know what could happen? And it opens with Steven Seagal. Man's not even credited. He, you know, that's a that is a nice little present for the audience, isn't it? And also you specifically. Oh, I mean, yeah, you know, me and big face gentleman. Uh, uh, what is this movie about? Like the president, and then Steven Skull and his fucking group of steel team just start murdering people. By the way, bring back cold opens that are just SWAT teams doing a bunch of like elaborate murders that have nothing to do with the plot. Right. Bring those back. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Kurt Russell's also in this, in perhaps the least Kurt Russell performance I've ever seen in my life. I've never seen him look so unconfident. He's just kind of like the nerdy tech guy, I assume. Uh, he's still kind of like suave and debonair, though. I like, when he, he's at like that soiree, right? And he's wearing a tuxedo, and he goes up to this one who he's clearly never met. And he says, do you like hockey? And she's like, yes, I do. And he immediately just starts, I got two tickets to the game. And they immediately pull him away. But it's a good thing because, unfortunately, Jean-Claude Van Damme was going to the same game. <laughs> Pretty sure that was the same year, so. Yeah, we signed this new goalie? I don't know. I'm curious to see him in action. We call him, uh, his name is John Goodman. And, uh... <laughs> William the Refrigerator Perry. <laughs> How did he get a three-digit number? Marlon Brando plays sports? How did that... <laughs> This movie almost doesn't work because Kurt Russell is just so Kurt Russell that he's not dweeby enough. Yeah, but they're able like, to he pull should it be up. playing it up full, like in uh, Big Trouble in Little China when he goes to that massage parlor. Right, exactly. Yeah, he should just be doing that, yeah, be doing that one. <laughs> oh wow, gosh, an airplane! Just the entire movie. <laughs> it's Harry actually Swanson's like... my name, and counterterrorism's my game. <laughs> it's actually weird because, like the the movie being too long kind of helps this because like an hour and 30 minutes in you just forget that he was this dweeby analyst guy because he's just kurt russell at that point it doesn't fucking matter yeah Yeah. if this were like like, a tight hundred like it would be really glaring that's actually a good point yeah there's enough other things in the movie to distract you from kurt russell's uh, nebishness one of which is halle berry who second build in the movie is playing a flight attendant um which, uh, sure, of, why yeah, not, man? We're just gonna do that. I didn't realize until like this last month of episodes how early Halle Berry was going to be a thing. Oh yeah, in my head it's just like good point. Swordfish in that Bond movie, <laughs> like War and Catwoman. I didn't realize that just any shitty '90s action movie just going because she's also in the Last Boy Scout in a significant <laughs> role. What, what year was the last Boy murdered. Scout? It was like maybe a couple years before this. Really? I think it was mid '90s, maybe early '90s. Because I, I know the, what's the earliest Halle Berry movie I remember. I know she was in the the Flintstones movie. That was '94. Um, 
It's not oh an action God, movie. That's right. Yeah. Well, Asher just yeah. tanks my entire theory. Well, Sorry. show's no. over. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, yeah, they uh, there's a plane, right? And Halle Berry's on the plane, and she's a flight attendant, and there's, unfortunately, a lot of uh, Middle Eastern gentlemen on this plane. And uh, it turns out uh, the Middle Eastern gentlemen on this plane are not very nice. They're, in fact, very naughty. And they somehow get a lot of guns on board. And I think I missed out. How do they get all these guns on board? <laughs> I have written here in my notes. Man, do you think this is how they got the idea? <laughs> I'm watching it today's lens. It's like, this movie's 20 minutes long. And they go, oh yeah, they have a bunch of guns on board. And there's like toxic gas. Alright, we'll just shoot it and apologize to those families. Fucking, we're shooting that thing out of the fucking sky the second it's over water. We don't care. Yeah. That thing is donezo. There's a U.S. senator in there? Well, what party is he? <laughs> yeah, we got a lot of those already. It's fine. Yeah. Midterms are coming up. Bye. Yeah. We'll get Jim Jordan up there. So, uh, yeah, they, uh, the basic idea here is the terrorists take over the plane. And uh, I think they threaten to release uh, nerve gas uh, if they don't get their demands met. And so they yes. call the... One of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, they had a war room people, they get in there, it's like, uh, what do we want to do about the plane thing? And Kurt Russell spends, like, much of the movie in the tuxedo, they just got pulled away from the soiree, can't even change it to a t-shirt and jeans. And, uh, Kurt Russell is pointing out what he knows about this, uh, terrorist unit, he has a little bit of history about them, kind of calls out, uh, Steven Seagal's fat ass right there at the table being like, and one of the people in this room didn't get the uh, nerve gas when they were supposed to, but that's neither here nor there. Anyway, uh, we probably shouldn't give in to their demands. They're really bad. Uh, they're naughty, naughty people. And one of the things that they say, I don't remember what it is, and I don't want to appear racist by like trying to quote a word that it's not, says, he explains by saying, in ancient Arabic, it means revenge. And I'm like, I think you just mean in Arabic. <laughs> On my planet, it means hope. <laughs> Can I just say that, like, as we're hearing, you know, oh, these hijackers have the plane, and they want this guy released, and then hearing that the guy's name is Jaffa, did a whole lot for me. <laughs> oh, that's a good Incredibly one. distracting. Every, every single time, when, when we get to that scene later, when the terrorists on the plane answer the phone, because Jaffa is calling, <laughs> it made me so happy. That's All three of you out there. <laughs> Can you just make okay. that the art for the episode? <laughs> I, I might have to. Sucking on that candy cane. <laughs> I, I will consider doing that. <laughs> uh, so, Chris, I don't know how you watch this movie, but I want to ask you a question. Did I ride so, the volume the entire way? Yes. <laughs> there's a scene where they explain, like, oh yeah, it's these guys. And there's just a flashback to a fucking like, foreign wedding, and there's a shootout. Were you in f playing a video game? Looked over and went, "Well, what the fuck did I miss?" And back it up. No, I was I was actually paying attention for the first hour, and I completely missed exactly what was that. I, I just imagine you just pausing a race and going, "Wait a goddamn second, is that a rocket launcher?" <laughs> first of all, you can't really pause the races. That's not a part of my capabilities. But I. Uh, no, I uh, I don't. I haven't played a game while watching a movie in a long time, specifically for situations like this. I really try my best and my hardest to focus on this movie. And there's just, like you said, a foreign wedding, and the everything blows up, and I'm supposed to know who was whom. 
How the hell am I supposed to do that? Look, uh, I don't want to give advice to any uh, potential terrorists per se, but I would have to recommend do not be Middle Eastern and caked in sweat on an airplane. Yeah. You will be detained immediately. <laughs> well, here's the thing. It's like, I'm not even saying that like all the actors look the same because all the terrorists are very visually distinct, which is one of the things that I liked about this movie, is you can immediately tell like who is whom who i can even like remember who is sitting where based on their appearance and their voices are all different and you can never you can't really do like the racist thing you can't be like oh they all look the same to me uh but on the other hand none of them are characterized well enough that you can say oh yeah remember that guy not really because they don't have characters and that's like one of the biggest problems here um Sorry, I'm still thinking about B.D. Wong's flat top. So uh, they decide that they're going to come up with uh, the Remora program, which uh, is well-named, because they're going to take one of those stealth fighter jets, uh, you know, the one that they could have used in Wonder Woman 1984, but they decided not to. And Or maybe it wasn't invented back in 1984. I don't know. I'm not in the military. And they fly it up near the plane, and they, like, hook it up to it, so the planes are kind of docking. You ever see Basket Case? <laughs> Whatever. So, uh, and <laughs> As a they decided fact. <laughs> they board the. That's a future episode. And uh, they board the plane, uh, or they try to board the plane. Most of them are getting in there, and then something goes wrong. And uh, long story short, boy, Steven Seagal ain't going to be in Rush Hour 3. <laughs> yeah. He just gets yeeted out of that fucking airplane. And I did not know this was coming. <laughs> so, I have to admit. That's actually a really, really good idea on paper because it reminds me of Psycho. So you think back to Psycho, 1960, Alfred Hitchcock. They, their top-billed actress in the movie was the one who was killed off in the shower. They're like, holy shit, you're going to kill off your A-list star? Everyone, ex- everyone who watches the movie is expecting, okay, she'll be the final girl, you know. She'll be the one at the end and she'll, you know, she'll uh, kill the killer, you know, and report it to the police or something like that. No, she gets killed off immediately. Steven Seagal, 1996, he's at least an A- star, you know? And like, killing him, and especially in an action movie? You're going to kill off Steven Seagal in the first act in an action movie? That's, that is quite the gambit, and I really love it. Unfortunately, Dude, this is, like, this is like literally the best case scenario ever for a rewrite. Like, right. this is what you're, this is the gold you're hoping to strike. Because it yeah. makes the movie so much better. Now, here's the thing. Unfortunately, that leaves us with action stars B.D. Wong and John Leguizamo. Uh, <laughs> to pretend that this hasn't been a John Leguizamo fan cast for like three years is revisionist and I won't tolerate it. That's I know, but still, he's playing... He should be playing that uh, that math teacher from sorry that maths <laughs> teacher from The Happening. Uh, he's, it he's, is kind of weird because like this might legitimately be Steven Seagal's best like actual capital A acting performance because he just gets to be like the leader of a group and not the coolest guy in every scene that everyone wants to fuck and they're all terrified of. He just gets to be an actual person. And they're like, man, that's really good, man. I know, fly out of this fucking plane, bitch. Get out of here. So who do you think made the decision, the executive decision, to uh, just kill him off nice. of that scene? Do you think that maybe he like put it in there because he hated dealing with John Leguizamo so much? <laughs> like think it's his idea like just fucking kill me i cannot listen to this guy one more day <laughs> so i guess we should point this out it's written in the trivia here that john leguizamo was 
incorrigible. He was he was like Jared Leto. Oh my god, he sent me a letter. Oh my god, I used condom a dead rat and the rat from the rat from the intro of the pest. You son of a bitch! I walk. I'll fucking walk. Yeah. So he apparently uh, his improvising led to him getting into a shoving match with Kurt Russell, which right off the bat, like Kurt Russell is what six two, and John Leguizamo is not. And like right off the bat, that should be your sign. Like whoa, whoa, whoa! Kurt Russell is the A list star. This is a Kurt Russell movie. The man was in Big Trouble in Little China. Maybe I shouldn't fuck with him. And then your shitty little jokes just can't stop. You start saying them to Steven Seagal, and he elbows you into a wall. Look, I've seen his fake Aikido videos. I know he's not as good of a martial artist as he claims no, to be. No, that's real, dude. But, but like 1996 <laughs> Steven Seagal, like, come on. That dude elbowing you into a wall, like, you're in the hospital with cracked ribs. <laughs> like, look, th- this kimono is starting to fit a little more snug. But he will still take you down immediately. <laughs> Because he's just been waiting for this moment ever since that story came out about him challenging Gene LaBelle and Gene LaBelle just choking him until he passed out. <laughs> he's been waiting <laughs> to pay that forward for years. And this little fucking twirly Luigi looking motherfucker starts talking to you. Uh, nah. Not okay, today. Okay, Steven Seagal, if you're listening, I accept your challenge. Meet me in my dojo. Uh, but John you have Lang- to meet him in his dojo in Russia. You can't come over here, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, guess we're going to have to meet him in MLG Ivory Tower. <laughs> <laughs> all right then we'll go to fight island for him uh anyway john leguizamo's in, and again it's i actually thought while i was watching i didn't know the, the behind the scenes stuff with john leguizamo this is gonna sound weird i actually kind of like john leguizamo in this movie i actually thought he was uh doing all right when he stops making jokes about his latin ass like Look, dude it, it's it. you're southeastern there's there's some hits and some misses there. I'm fine with the character, but mostly because it distracts from the bomb disarming subplot that goes on for oh, that, 35 minutes. That scene goes every time. Oh, scene. Fuck. Excuse me. Fucking, fucking scene. Miles Dyson from T2 just sitting there like, okay, what if you don't cut that wire, Mike? <laughs> man, we're at an hour 45. Are we cutting it or not, man? I, it was. Oh my God. <laughs> Look. <laughs> Sorry, I, let me just really quick. It's like, oh my god, don't cut the wire. It's just reminds me. It's like, because when I'm watching it, they're using like that same camera that looks like this sort of thing you'd probe some dude's anus with when you're doing like a colonoscopy or something like that. What if they were giving Bonzo a colonoscopy? <laughs> okay, whatever you do, don't yank that cord too hard. <laughs> That's what you went for with Bonzo there. For me, it was, what if we kill Bonzo, but there's a smaller Bonzo in the inside wearing a Bonzo suit? <laughs> Oh, you want the passenger manifest? Oh yeah, just go get it from Bonzo. <laughs> Bonzo's like in his cage, happily throwing it up and down. You get too close, he starts rattling the cage. Your Fine, I'll give you what you want. Just open that overhead compartment. <laughs> 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 Fucking murders. <him. laughs> I'm gonna watch the Planet of the Apes series when this is done. Wait a second. If the pilot's in here. <laughs> Yes, Bonzo. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna kick the shit out of Bigfoot. Okay, <clears throat> Bonzo's made an executive decision to terminate all passengers. <laughs> oh man, no wonder the Russians used him. They were trying to get rid of him. <laughs> <laughs> 
That was the secret Soviet plot to get the most dangerous killer of their country. They're trying to build a literal iron curtain to keep Bonds away. That's that's how they got rid of Gamera, the first Gamera movie. They just sent him in a rocket to the moon. Oh my god, if Bonzo retreats into a shell and just blasts off. <laughs> so the movie Executive Decision is played deadly serious. I'm not sure if there's even been any jokes besides John Leguizamo joking about my Latin ass. Oh shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh yeah, there's a movie. Uh, I don't know. There's a bomb defusal. Uh... There's a duplicitous senator. Uh, the senator is. Um, he tries to make like negotiations with like the lead terrorist, and he's like, "We could have you on a plane back to the Middle East by the end of the night or something." And I realize I don't really know what country these guys are from. Was it Trashkanistan or something? What's going on here? Yeah, weird omission. Surely that didn't uh... <laughs> wasn't. <laughs> No, no, sir, 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 you don't understand. They're paying for this. Sir, sir, we have to change the name. <laughs> Just cut into a smoky screen room and be like, You can't fuck it. No, get him in here. <laughs> Do you know how this works? <laughs> okay. Oh, yes, these extremists from Arab land. What's the place in Aladdin? That's where they're from. Fuck it. Who cares? Uh. Was that Arabia? No, wait. Uh, Sultan Agrabah, boom! Hey, thank you. There only it is. took me thirty seconds. Right. So the <laughs> I'll cut the that out so I say it really quick. Agrabah, <laughs> or just put a ticking clock until you find it. Out. Thank you. You did the Jeopardy thing or something. Um, anyway, so uh, they realize that um, uh, the guy, the the leader of the terrorists, is a really really bad terrorist. Because he's not even, it doesn't even matter his demands, he's still going to suicide bomb them because he's so committed to Allah. And uh, he shows this by executing one of his own men. And also, I also, he gets a senator too, right? Yeah. Yeah. That sure poor does. senator who I completely forgot about, she gets yeah. murked. <laughs> kind, of, kind of ripped from the headlines a bad senator. <laughs> So, everyone's just thinking very carefully about their next words here. Yeah, I was about to do like bad senator two port of call. So um, the uh, what, what happens next? I'm like, oh yeah, we can't disarm the bomb because there's another secondary smaller bomb detonator on board. Like this subplot is stupid as fuck, but also we do get the scene where he just passes out in the middle of giving bomb instructions which is really unintentionally <laughs> <But> funny <laughs> doesn't he also like come back to it and be like whatever you yeah. do don't cut that wire <laughs> yeah he just comes back from being functionally dead to be like yeah. alright we're back to defusing the bomb oh no there's a second bomb and there's lasers inside my favorite thing is they, I think, don't they, like, use the the colonoscopy can to, like, search the cabin for uh, more people? And, uh, or they get a video camera from the baggage. And, um... Right, yeah, no, they're, yeah. they're like, we need a video camera, shit. Let's go through the luggage. We only have 20 minutes. I'm sure we'll find one. Uh, wait, this is also, I think this is also, was it after they use Morse code with the lights to signal to uh, the military, hey, give us a little bit more time here, we're working on it. I think he's saying, 
Kiss me. <laughs> Kiss me. <laughs> Smart-ass motherfucker. <laughs> Let's see. Um, uh, uh, my favorite dumb thing about the second act of this movie is finding out that integrally to the lead terrorist plan, the guy that created the bomb is just on the plane. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, wait, I'll get to that in a second, but first of all, for the Morse code thing, it says, if you are not wearing any underwear... Don't hit three. Smile. And, like, the military's, like, reading it, it's like, if you're not wearing any... Uh, they got us with the underwear gag, sir. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. Dad never took his fishing. This must be a the impending shield storm. <laughs> Uh, fuck, that's a good point. Mr. Mr. President, it appears that they're asking for more Ligma. <laughs> uh, sir, it, it appears one of the terrorist names is Aldous. Aldous? Aldous dick in your mouth. <laughs> Shoot him down. <laughs> so about the terrorist on board who actually made the bomb, whose name is... What's his name, like, Jean-Paul Lemieux or something like that? Who I'm pretty sure is, like, a famous hockey player. Oh, wow, did Roland Emmerich make this one, too? (laughs) (laughs) It's weird that he's a famous hockey player, but he only needed to buy one seat on this plane. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, Kevin Smith should try out. (laughs) So, Jean-Paul Lemieux... Lemieux... Wasn't wasn't Lemieux, like, the candlestick from uh, Beauty and the Beast? No, it's the rapist skunk. You're confused. No, it's the the monster. (laughs) That's right, that's what all French people are, Mr. Emmerich. Here's a hundred million dollars. Put it in your Godzilla movie. So we have a bit of a meet-cute between Kurt Russell and Halle Berry. That's just what I'm going to call it. Debatable. There's a secondary bomb. Okay, so uh, Jaffa is, they call him up and they release him. <laughs> this is, I think this is where they kind of reveal that, um, oh my god, dude, I just looked up the cast for this. You know what the senator's name is? It's Mavros. <laughs> Senator Mavros. <laughs> We're going to Algeria, boys. <laughs> we are not naming our senator Mavros. <laughs> Kurt Russell's technically a Mavros offender, if you think about it. <laughs> okay, so uh, I guess they compromise. This is the worst episode we've ever done. This is terrible. <laughs> The movie ends, so there's a big firefight. The movie ends. It's probably two hours. Sick of this. Seven minutes. All right, so the game of games. Oh, I don't feel like talking about executive decisions oh, anymore. Oh, my stomach hurts. <laughs> Are we actually? Yes, just... yes, we're actually doing it. I don't want to talk oh, about okay. executive decisions. Fuck it. All right, yeah, just do it. What was Niles is there to say? <laughs> movie owns do you have, so do you good. even have like another joke for it's it because i don't I, I stopped taking notes i kind of like was drifting in and out for the rest of it this movie does in fact own he all should watch it yeah there's a it's a problem we're into a lot when it's like oh, i'm enjoying this but also an hour and 45 minutes of it takes place on a plane not a lot of moving parts to discuss going back and forth yeah 
they almost get him, and then they get found out. But then they try this thing, and then they eventually get him. Yeah, I mean, I guess the whole time I was watching, it was just like, you know, a year later, Con Air came out and just did this whole thing a lot better. So, really, should have been in Con Air. Really big decade for plane movies. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, like the ones with Dusty Crop Hopper. <laughs> <laughs> You're almost having a good time. <laughs> thinking oh we don't have to talk about this movie anymore it's, it's a little too good for this uh, uh for this podcast you know? yeah maybe yeah that's a possibility but at least i got to watch I, another kurt russell movie i hadn't seen before i cannot stress enough how much it's worth it just for that steven seagal death scene it's so fucking it is, good yeah because he his body flies away and is clearly a dummy and all i could think about was uh never too young to die <laughs> like did they throw a dummy out of a real plane I hope so, because he goes fucking... <laughs> Alright, we got the scene. It cost $80 million. I'm sorry, you did what now? <laughs> yeah, we flew up there and just threw the dummy out. It, like... It looks like when you see somebody, like, the CGI person who gets caught in a tornado. <laughs> like, it's the best way I can think to describe just the speed of it happening. It's well, that's the thing. Cool. It's like I actually think in real life it go a lot faster. I don't know. Maybe like they slowed down the frames or something to like make it like you can actually see the dummy fly out there. Because I have to admit though, it is still pretty fast. Because I was thinking, I was like, wait, is that what they're doing? <laughs> Did I just say that? <laughs> Yo, imagine the fucking scene in Man of Steel where his dad's like, no, son. Don't come towards the tornado. <laughs> and then fucking Steven Seagal goes flying. <laughs> Just gets whipped around. I, I can only imagine what it, what it would have been if you could hear his voice there and say, I think it would have been somebody if you would be like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, brace yourself. Brace yourself. Just gonna catch it. <laughs> <laughs> <Gone>. <laughs> No parachutes either? No life jack? Alright. Uh, so yeah, the game will It'll weigh him down. <laughs> yeah, it'll weigh him. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> Got him. Three thirty in the fucking... <laughs> The game of games. It appears the winning teams this week were uh, Chris's Bucks and Parker's Chiefs. <gasps> so, uh, looks like both of you guys get to assign something this week. Alright. Buddy. Christopher. Oh. We're gonna test a theory here. Please, no bedtime for Bonzo 2. This is a movie called The Barefoot Executive. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh no! Starring Kurt Russell. <laughs> oh no! About a pet chimpanzee named Raffles <laughs> who can predict the popularity of TV programs. Oh, we're gonna test your theory about Kurt Russell never being in a bad movie, and also there's a chimpanzee. Look who's tell. gone bananas! Indeed, Walt Disney Company. <laughs> Holy shit! Oh, man. I don't think I was ready for that. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I better get that out of the way in case you sign me something nice. I just wanted to cut you off now. Well, Parker... Adju adjust accordingly. Parker, you like video games, right? Incorrect. You also like titties, right? Uh-oh. <sighs> this feels like a trick. Parker, I'm going to assign you... Damn it. Damn it. DOA, Dead or Alive, the movie. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> 
I could have gone a couple ways because I was literally just talking to someone about Blood Rain like two days ago. <laughs> Which, by the way, apparently has meatloaf in it. So I sure hope to never find out. Apparently, it's not very good. But uh, yeah, DOA. Oh, you don't say. Alive. It's uh. God damn it. Yeah, it should it's be probably good. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be like... Oh, man, the Kevin Nash. This going to be awesome. <laughs> Big sexy Thanks, indeed. Awesome. Yeah. I hate this segment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, snake way. Yeah, man, how's that treating you? Oh, I guess I should put it in here now. Uh, I forgot to mention it. We were already going long. I guess this is going to be a long one anyway. More progress on the audiobook of Ready Player Two. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I guess I should tell you guys about that. Uh, Please. So, we went to Planet John Hughes. Um, <laughs> you made that up. <laughs> you just proved you're not actually listening to it. Now we're going to make you start from the beginning. Nah, nah. They really do oh, go man, to... It's going to be real fucked up when they go to Planet Ken Russell. It's going to be a lot of penetration. <laughs> no, they actually do go to Planet John Hughes, where you get to see every John Hughes movie, and they all take place in the same universe. I, I guess I just don't really like John Hughes very much. <laughs> uh, what are How some of his movies? you after that? I like The Breakfast Club. I thought that was really good, but he also did uh, what? He did Home Alone, which I didn't like. And he did Pretty in Pink, which I've never seen. And he did Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, which I, I couldn't really get into because I just don't like Steve Martin. And um, what are does he have any other like really well-known ones, John Hughes? I liked Home Alone until the Cheeto Man showed up. <laughs> which, by the way, I just want to address that. Yeah. It's actually a pretty good cameo. So, come on. I'm so excited to never hear about that scene for the rest oh, yeah, of the Yeah, that's actually a good now. point. That's, Honestly, uh... like, you watch it, that's a pretty good cameo. I mean, it's good to know that we have two actor presidents. <laughs> also, what owns that, like, Trump had a thing that was, like, in the contract. He could film at his buildings, but he had to have a cameo. Mostly, so, like, every single movie would just film a scene and then cut them out. Yeah, because he would that never watch that movie anyway. So also, in, in, <laughs> Such a good tech. In Parker's future is Ghost Can't Do It. Anyway. Um, oh, fuck you. <laughs> no, 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 no. I know about that fucking movie. Yeah, go with DOA, go Dead yourself. or Alive. Go with DOA, Dead or yeah, Alive. Yeah, I'll take yeah. it. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, they're on Planet John Hughes, where you get to live every single John Hughes movie. And it's weird because they keep referencing one of his movies that I never saw, but apparently it was his most autobiographical. But I'm like, if it's not Home Alone weird or, science. or Planes... <laughs> no, it wasn't Weird Science. Okay, that's another one I haven't seen. Um, it was something else. It was like... Yeah, it takes place in his hometown of who gives a shit. And they go around and they have to solve this riddle or something. It kind of feels like the characters are playing the game of games. They have to solve this riddle here. And uh, there are no John Hughes movies with pyramids, unfortunately. But uh, they have to... They're they're going to... What they have to do is they have to redo the ending of uh, Pretty in Pink. They have to change it. So... Ducky ends up with someone. I, I don't. I don't. Again, I haven't seen the movie, so I don't get their references, uh, which is a really bad sign of things, because um, they constantly over-explain these references. Like, let's say uh, there's, um, I don't know, what's what's something that we like. What if there was like a Mission Impossible planet, and they go there? They would over-explain every single like line or Tom Cruise 
reference or anything. In 1986, in this movie, directed by this director, would be like, okay, yeah, sure, we get it. And as much as they explain that, I still don't get it, and now I really don't want to watch Pretty in Pink, so if you want to assign me a movie, man, that's probably one that would hurt me. Uh, that's why we would take the opposite route and just reference vague things from 15 years ago that you may or may not have seen on YouTube. Yeah. Also, yeah, there is no Zemeckis cube in this book. Instead, Robert Zemeckis has his own planet. Uh, uh, yet, yeah. that's the word you forgot to <laughs> maybe, add. Maybe the planet is cube-shaped. Uh, and <laughs> it gets even worse, though, because the... Invented this language the based on Robert Zemeckis. <laughs> they, they solve the riddle of John Hughes' planet. And so they go to the next planet, the Prince Planet. And I know what you might be thinking. Please, God, oh, Chris, tell me it's not Jesus. what I'm thinking of. Please, God, tell me it's a planet with a bunch of different princes from all my favorite video games and comic books and movies and TV shows. No. It's the Prince Planet. The planet formerly known as Prince, you might say. Oh, An indecipherable fuck. symbol that he invented oh. uh, in order to skirt copyright laws with the record company or something like that. Would say. And people are like, oh yes, his royal badness. And they just, they're making a bunch of Prince references. Well, it turns out there are several different Princes from different eras of his oh, what the, oh. discography. And you have to I don't, think I don't need the Prince Spider-Verse. Yeah. The planet before we noticed Prince almost made my heart seize. You know, it's I interesting, it Alex, that you call it the the Prince Spider-Verse. I wouldn't compare it to that movie, because I like Into the Spider-Verse. I'd compare it more to uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, one of your favorite movies. Why would you, why would you bring that up here? <laughs> it's... So, uh, yeah, uh, I've never seen Purple Rain, and now I guess I don't want to. Oh, dude, dude, no, 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 no. Purple Rain is maybe a future episode. Okay, uh, Parker, add that to the list. <laughs> yeah, I would like to see a good movie, but I have to tell you, man, after listening to this audiobook, I don't know if I want to watch Purple Rain. That's fair and understandable. But also, <laughs> Purple Rain is a fucking insane movie. I do, okay, I do actually kind of want to see it. It's just this fucking book, dude, is awful. <laughs> I actually I wrote it down. It was listed right underneath Triple X, too. I just did a little laugh to myself. <laughs> it really cheered me up. <laughs> Bedtime for Bonzo is somehow on that list. Uh, is there anything else for the game of games? Anything else we have to uh, do? Uh, not this <clears throat> week. Okay. Uh, Tune well, in Super closer to the Super Bowl. That's the tea, sis.